G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. 2020, bringing a biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. Weekdays on UCB's Vision Radio Network. Find out more at vision.org.au. We're going to be talking about the nation of Greece. Well, Greece made such an amazing contribution to the world as we know it. If you talk about issues of architecture, maths, philosophy, early developments of democracy, the Greek arts, sport, and, of course, the Olympics. But of recent times, Greece going through tremendous turmoil when it comes to the economic challenges that they are facing in that nation. Not out of the woods yet. In fact, there's a election that is coming up this coming Sunday, the third election that there has been in Greece in just eight months. Uh, we'll talk about that. We'll also talk about Greece being the doorstep for so many of those refugees who are fleeing from Syria, trying to find a new life in Europe. Well, you'll be able to join our conversation this hour. Our talkback line open on 1-800-316-316. You might have your own thoughts to share on the current issues that are facing Greece and Europe. But our special guest this hour, uh, taking your questions and comments and talking about Christianity in the nation of Greece is Nico Bougas. He is uh, part of the Hellenic Ministries in Greece, uh, reaching out to Greece as we might some of us recognise as the very first mission field uh, that we would uh, be able to understand from our readings in the New Testament. But a special welcome to you, Nico Bougas. Uh, good to have you along here in Australia and welcome to 2020. Good, Thank you, Neil. Good to be here. Nico, you're visiting Australia. Uh, you're part of Hellenic Ministries and Hellenic Ministries really the major evangelical ministry to the nation of Greece. Uh, Let me just get a a quick impression before we get into some of the issues that are facing Greece that we might be seeing on our news screens and in the newspapers. Uh, What is the church doing with with everything that's going on in Greece is, of course, there are evangelicals in Greece and only a small percentage, but of course, then there's the Greek Orthodox Church. Uh, But how do Christians uh, interpret those things that have been going on in your nation under such turmoil of recent years? Well, Greece is actually a a very religious nation. 97% of the people are members of the National Church, the Greek Orthodox Church, and... uh, Only a very small group would class themselves as evangelical, born-again Christians. Uh, There would probably be less than 1%, more of the order of like 0.2%. Okay, and uh, we'll get into this and uh, catch a few of these details. Uh, People will be recognizing that your accent doesn't sound Greek. (laughs) In fact, it's uh, it's got a sort of a South African feel about it. What's your connection uh, Greek-wise? Okay, I I was born in South Africa, um, but my father's Greek, comes from Greece, uh, from a little town called Galaxidi, and uh, my mother's German. Okay, and of course uh, you live in Greece these days? Uh, Part of the time. Um, Most of the time I'm 
I'm traveling around trying to promote the the work and make people aware of what's happening in Greece and what we're doing. Because very few people think of Greece as a mission field. They think of it's a nice cultural, it's a nice cultural heritage of its uh, a nice tourist destination, but uh, they don't see it as a mission field. Uh, let me ask you, because in the introduction there, I mentioned that Greece was the very first mission field. And for listeners to our conversations on this program, uh, we talk a lot about the Bible. And when we read the New Testament, mm-hmm. well, the the majority of those New Testament books uh, and uh, the inclusion in from the Gospels right through to the New Testament, uh, of course, those were written in Greek because Greece was... The lang- Greek was the language that was uh, that was a part of the the Roman world uh, back in the first century, and uh, and as you, as as we were saying, Greece the very first mission field. Right, um, it 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 was written in in Greek, but of course the Greek that it was written in is is old uh, Koine Greek that people don't understand it these days. It's it's like. Common Greek, that's the, the the sort of trade language. The, the trade language we speak now is, uh, uh, you know, it's it's like comparing Elizabethan or even before that uh, Chaucer and those sort of things. Reading that, trying to read those that in English. So when you pick up the Greek New Testament, you can't understand it either. No, I can't. Because I've, <laughs> I've been to Bible college. <laughs> yes, okay. No, but that's uh, that's the interesting thing, isn't it? That uh, that that ancient uh, Koine Common Greek uh, trade language of the day isn't what is spoken today. And so, ordinary Greek people, when they pick up a Greek New Testament, they don't necessarily understand it without actually doing some formal training. Right. Um, in actual fact, very few Greeks have ever read the the Bible, uh, and very few. Uh, w- very few would understand it. it. You know, it's it's not something that is actually really encouraged in the church in Greece. Um, they think of it as a book for the academics and the theologians and the priests. In fact, um, some of them would say it's it's a dangerous book for the average person to read, and that's that's how all these uh, cults and sects develop is because people try to interpret them. The common man tries to interpret them himself without any training. Okay, well, there is such a huge history uh, that uh, the Greek people are aware of. I imagine that uh, when change happens, it's slow. It's a cultural generational change that has to happen in a nation that that can count uh, thousands of years of history and not just uh, as we have here in Australia, just over a couple of hundred years. Uh, But uh, the the historical setting uh, with Greece and, of course, the... Uh, the Orthodox Church there in Greece, mm-hmm. uh, the Evangelical Church being quite small, but you're saying that people don't really, and they're never encouraged to read the Bible. So uh, to t- tell me about how that works with the, the Evangelical Christians. Have they, have, they've picked up the Bible and all of a sudden there's a great revelation that this is what Christianity is all about? Well, the Bible says that the entrance of God's Word brings light. It brings understanding to the simple. And... Uh, we are in a concerted effort to try and get the get the Bible in in modern newspaper Greek, if you like, to to people. Uh, in fact, we've had a little a campaign there over the last few years called Operation Joshua, in which we have distributed Bibles to eight hundred thousand homes, and uh, and it's really having a big impact. Uh, you know, previously people haven't been encouraged to read the Bible. 
people think of it as 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 a book that's far away from them. You, you know that uh, it doesn't relate to them. But when we get these Bibles into the hands of the common people, and they can read it in in modern newspaper Greek, they can read it and open up and say, "Boy." This is this is all Greek to me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's it's uh, it's funny when we talk about this because here in Australia, of course, we're looking at English translations that come from the Greek, right? And so we can feel as though uh, we're removed from the contents, say, in the New Testament, because uh, the original language was Greek, and so there's uh, there's a sort of a feeling, you know, that that feeling that sometimes comes as, as uh, am I reading the right translation? Is the interpretation all right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but what you're saying is, when the Greeks pick up the Greek New Testament, they have the same challenges uh, because things are a whole lot different. Right, but when they can read it in a, in a in a modern translation, they can relate to it and understand it. You know, and it's and it's a wonderful feeling when you think. You're in the city of Corinth there, and the original uh, New Testament part of it was written to the city of Corinth or to the city of Thessalonica or or or, or Athens. These pe- these things are all part of the New Testament, so it 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 relates to the people. Then they're not thinking of something in some some distant country. When I think of Greece, I think of uh, some of the great philosophers, uh, Plato and Aristotle. And uh, when these guys uh, were the philosophical giants of the ancient world, uh, we sometimes think of uh, perhaps uh, Greek people have, have continued that level of, uh, of great uh, philosophical achievement and understanding. But how do you think of Greek people when you think of Greek people today? Uh, certainly, well, perhaps not in those terms of those, uh, those great ancient philosophers. Well, the Greeks have real inquiring minds. They love to discuss and philosophize, and you see them sitting around in their little tavernas uh, all day long discussing the politics of the day. Um, and I think it, it's no different from what it was in the New Testament. And when P, when Paul came to, to Athens and to the Greek cities, um, he was engaging in conversation with, the, with these people. Um, today, it's the same thing you can get in... Uh, the Greeks love to argue and discuss things, and you can share the gospel with them freely. Um, but the difference is now there's this this history of uh, a religion that that's that's actually become a stumbling block more than a help, because people in Greece think, well, we've already had the gospel here for two thousand years. We're the original church. Uh, and now these people are coming from America or Australia or England, and they're trying to give us a, a whole different interpretation. Uh, so when we talk about the Greek uh, Orthodox Church, and that's what you're talking about, because interestingly, when people are born uh, in Greece, they're automatically members of the Greek Orthodox Church. So you've got a, a nation which has this veil of being a religious Christian nation, but Really, it's just a, a nominalism. It's just by name and not necessarily because there's a connection between uh, what's happened culturally or what they might think about their own uh, traditional roots and this connection with the heart that comes when people actually pick up the Bible and read what Jesus is all about uh, from the Bible itself. Right. Well, most Greeks would would say quite adamantly, we are Christians. Um, but... 
there's no relationship with Jesus as we understand it. There's no assurance of salvation. Uh, there's there's no way in which you you pray to Jesus directly. He's too far distant, removed from you. So if you do pray, and I, I don't know how many, how what percentage of the Greek people actually pray, but if they do pray, it will be praying through the saints. Hmm. That's a, it's an interesting uh, concept to think about, and uh, I would invite our listeners to be part of our conversation. You might have your own thoughts about Greece. You might have your own question to ask about Christianity in Greece. Nico Bugas is our guest from Hellenic Ministries, and uh, we're talking this hour, and uh, Nico is in Australia because he sees Greece as a modern-day mission field. Uh, that Australians might be interested in going and being a part of a missionary uh, activity that goes on in the nation of Greece. Well, 1-800-316-316 if you would like to be part of our conversation. Nico, let me ask you about some of these other uh, issues and we'll we'll come back to uh, talking about Christianity in Greece. Uh, but let me ask you about the uh, dreadful economic crisis that Greece has gone through. I mentioned that there's another election that's coming up this coming Sunday in Greece, the third one in eight months. Uh, such uh, political upheavals that have accompanied the economic upheavals. Uh, just how tough has it been for Greek people suffering under this economic hardship? It's been very tough there. Um, people have... have uh, the unemployment rate is, has risen substantially. I mean, it's like 28% uh, overall. But uh, among university graduates, it's... Uh, it's more like fifty um, percent, wow. and lots of the trained people, the educated people, have been leaving the country, trying to get better jobs in Germany and the UK and those sort of things. So there's been a brain drain. Uh, sometimes we refer to that terminology here in Australia, where you're losing uh, the very people who could actually help the nation get back on its feet. Correct, but at the same time. Uh, throughout this this whole crisis, it's made people spiritually hungry because they've got no confidence in the government. They've got no confidence in the church. So anybody that can come and offer them a message of hope, and that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to present Jesus as the way, the truth, and the life. And um, that's definitely opened up a lot of people. It's It's made people a lot more responsive than they've been in the past. So the economic crisis brings a crisis in the lives of families and of individuals, and in that crisis there's opportunity for people to connect with the living God through the Scriptures. Correct. A biblical perspective on life, culture, and current events. This is 2020 on Vision Christian Radio. Good to have you along with us, the Friday edition of 2020, and we're talking about Greece this hour. Uh, the nation of Greece, having, having gone through such dreadful economic hardship of recent times, as I say, they're not out of the woods yet. And we're talking about the church in Greece. Where people are born in Greece, they're automatically members of the Greek Orthodox Church. Uh, the evangelical in ch church in Greece is uh, is rather small by comparison, uh, are only about 2% of the population evangelical. We're taking calls this hour, 1-800-316-316. Nico Bugas from Hellenic Ministries is our guest. Uh, Nico, let's take a, a call or two. Let's hear from Steve in Parks in New South Wales. Hello, Steve. Welcome along to 2020. 
Yeah, good day, brother Neil. Good day, Father Nico. Hi, Steve. Yeah, how <laughs> good you to going? hear from you, Steve. Yep. What are your thoughts? Look, I'm. Um, we've all heard about austerity in Greece and the huge difficulties every Greek citizen is now facing, and the church. I'm searching, as many are, I'm what's called born again. So I've got a pretty great deal, much to learn. Uh, but I'm very interested, Father Nico, in how Greek Christians, in their search for what we, what I call uh, savlon for the soul, in how you cope in, with scriptural verse or something you can recommend to deal with harsh austerity measures. Because I see Greece, Rome, uh, and the holy city of Jerusalem is the cradle of faith and the cradle of life. So what I'm saying to you with up the utmost respect, Father Nico, is scriptural verse or savlon for the soul uh, to help deal with harsh austerity. Uh, how do you uh, reconcile yourself uh, and sort of help calm you down? Mm, let's hear from Nico. What are your thoughts? Is well, there a? In, I'm not sure whether you have Savlon in Greece. So that's like a, like a disinfectant. Right, or a, I know what yep, Savlon is. Okay. Yep. Sure. Um, certainly. I mean, the scripture is full of words of of comfort for people that are under stress. I mean, Psalm 55:22 says, "Cast your burden on the Lord, and He will sustain you. He will never suffer the righteous to be moved." Um, 1 Peter 5, 7 says, uh, uh, casting all your care upon him because he cares for you. You know, it says when the, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. You know, there's plenty of, of verses in Scripture. Um, we go to uh, Isaiah 40, and, 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 and um, those that wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. So what we're trying to do is encourage people to look to God to realize that on their own they can do nothing. Um, and it's not, it's not a, a gospel of, of works. And this has been the problem with the, the established religion there, that they're teaching people that you just got to try your best, go, be a good person, and, um, and everything will be, be okay. But, but for us, we, we want to point them to Jesus because he said, I am the way the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father except through me. Steve from Parks, thanks so much for your input today here on 2020. And I suppose uh, Steve's reference to Father Nico, I suppose you don't call yourself Father. Do you call yourself Pastor? What do you call yourself, Nico? I just call myself Nico. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So uh, he's just Nico. Thanks so much to Steve from Parks and uh, Steve who calls me Brother Neil. Uh, that's an interesting uh, title too. Uh, let's hear from Matt in North Queensland. Hello, Matt. Welcome along to 2020. Yes, sir. Thank you very much. Matt, what are um, your thoughts? Oh, I actually have a question for, for Nico, and I am, I am actually a little bit of a one for using titles. I do feel funny about uh, just, uh, just, just using his first name. But, uh, sir, I was just... I, I do totally accept that some, sometimes having a national church can in some ways be a bit of a hindrance and a hurdle to 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 a true relationship with Christ. I, I do accept that because um, at, at times we end up taking Jesus for granted and, and I think that's a big mistake. But sir, I, 
Matt, you're, you're breaking up a little bit. I wonder whether you can uh, talk into the mouthpiece on your phone. Uh, I think you might have us on a hands-free. Okay. So, sorry about that. Can you hear me now? Yep, that's a little better. Okay, that's, that's, that's fantastic. I was just saying, look, I do totally accept that, um, you know, sometimes having a national church can in some ways be a bit of a, bit of a hindrance to a personal relationship with Christ because people can make the unfortunate mistake of taking Jesus for granted um, when, they, when they feel that they're surrounded by Christ uh, all, all the time. Having made that qualification, um, sir, you know, do, do you accept that the, that the uh, you know, Greek Orthodox Church is, is still a, a distinctly and, and proud, you know, part of the uh, uh, legitimate and authentic uh, Christian tradition? Uh, certainly, um, the Greek Orthodox Church is is, is certainly a, a Christian church. Um, uh, our feeling is just that that they they are not emphasizing enough of the personal relationship it's become too embroiled in rituals and and it's become a sort of a legalistic religion hmm. and uh, so that there's there's very little emphasis on a personal relationship with jesus and and uh, i believe that we need to get people in touch Jesus wants to be part of our lives. He doesn't. He's not some distant deity that uh, that can only be reached through a lot of intermediaries. Um, so it it seems to me that what the Greek uh, national church needs is a Martin Luther to come and stir up the people there to get people back to the basics. Need for a reformation, uh, Matt from North Queensland. I get the point that you're making. You're saying. Uh, if you have a national Christian church, at least if you don't have uh, people who are uh, certainly close to their faith, as we might understand an evangelical Christian might be, or a Bible-believing Christian, at least there are some safeguards for a nation, uh, given that there is a Christian foundation. Is that what you were trying to make there, Matt? Not really. I was Quite frankly, I was a little bit concerned that um, Nico might have been suggesting that the Greek Orthodox Church isn't really Christian. And I was a little concerned about that, to be quite frank. But no, look, look thank you very much for uh, clearing that up for me, uh, because uh, I'm a practicing Catholic myself, but I have a, um, I have a very Protestant heart <laughs> at times. Um, one thing that does, does concern me is that sometimes um, in our interpretations of Christ, we, you know, we do fall into sectarianism, which is something that um, I, I think is a tragic state of affairs, because one thing I would personally love to see is a you know, is, is is a real, true united Christian people. That doesn't necessarily mean one church. I'm not implying that. But I love to see the uniting of, of Christian people. They're good thoughts. Matt, really appreciate your call today here on 2020. Anything further to add to uh, what Matt was saying, Nico? Right. No, I, I think, uh, you know, in John chapter 17, Jesus prays that they might be one. And there certainly is a unity among all Christians Christians of true of who truly believe in Jesus and it doesn't depend on the the label that you carry the particular denomination the important thing is do you know Jesus as your lord and savior and it doesn't matter what your particular denomination is. Matt from North Queensland, great to hear from you. Uh, Nico, if we're just uh, expanding that a little, because one of the concerns uh, you raised a little earlier, I'm not sure whether we were uh, off uh, off air or on, but uh, the uh, number of people who actually attend church in Greece is so low 
uh, it's illustrative of the fact that just because you've got a national religion doesn't necessarily mean that people are connected with their faith. Right. Um, in Greece, about 2% of the people go to church on a regular basis. That is at least once a month, except for Easter time. Easter time, everybody goes because that is the big occasion, and it's and it's a, actually a wonderful celebration over Easter when everybody comes out into the streets and goes to the church and, and greets one another with uh, Christ is risen, and everybody automatically answers, he's risen indeed. It doesn't matter if they never go to church or go to church once a year, they, they still let that, that whole atmosphere of people celebrating the resurrection of Jesus. It's the Friday edition 2020. Neil with you. Nico Bugas is our guest from Hellenic Ministries. We are talking about the nation of Greece having gone through economic catastrophe uh, with, uh, of course, uh, refugees on their doorstep in Greece trying to find a new life in Europe. We're talking about the church in Greece. The, the biggest church, of course, is the Greek Orthodox Church. We're also talking about the Evangelical Church in Greece and Bible distribution programs. Uh, you could be part of our conversation, one 800 316 uh, let's hear from Mary in WA. Hello, Mary. Welcome along to 2020. Hello, Neil. How are you? Very good, Mary. Hello, I nice detect a bit of a Greek you. accent. Yes, I'm Greek Orthodox, and I'm from Cyprus. Very good. Yes. What I are your did. thoughts on what we're talking about then? Yes. Um, I am a Greek Orthodox, and I'm born on, I mean, I'm a, <clears throat> I am a Greek Orthodox, and I'm, I believe my Greek Orthodox, and, and I've gone to church, in Catholic church, and then I've been to born Christian. But my heritage is still in me. But I'm concerned what about when I'm having a Holy Communion in the born Christian is the same as the one in a Catholic Church or Orthodox Church? Okay, there's a question about the way communion is conducted. Uh, you mentioned not only uh, Greek Orthodox, but uh, across the uh, the boundaries there to the Catholic Church yeah, and then what evangelicals do. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. an interesting one for you, Nico. What are your thoughts? Well, um, obviously, uh, communion is, is something that the Lord instructed us to do. But it's, you know, it's... It, it's not. Uh, uh, there's no much not difference if it's in the Catholic Church or the Greek Orthodox Church or a Protestant Church. Mm. Uh, reborn Christian Church. Reborn Christian Church. It's, mm. um, that that's not of any uh, significance. Mm. There's no there's no difference between one and the other. Yes. The important thing about the Christian faith is: yeah. um, Do you have a personal relationship with Jesus? He's, I do. That's wonderful. And then I do. And I'm helping people, and I pray for everyone. I don't want one to get to hell. Great. Well, that's what Jesus said. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Yeah. And um, it's not important whether you, you took communion in the Catholic Church or the Protestant mm. Church or whatever. What is important is, have you put your faith and trust in Jesus? I and I and do all the time. I pray every day for everyone. I pray the rosary. Yeah. And, uh, I just give my life to the Lord from now on. Absolutely, that's that's and I wonderful. Like people. Well, he he says, "Whoever comes to me, I won't ever cast him out." So he's there. He says, "Come, come, come mm. to me, all you that that labor and are heavy laden, and I will yeah. give you rest." Oh. I wish I could see you, Father Nico. Good. Where are you in? in, in, in I am in, in Western Australia, in Western Quinana. Perth. Eh? I'm in Western Australia, Quinana. In Quinana. Quinana. Good. 
Well, Mary, wonderful to hear from you. Thanks so much for responding and calling through and uh, talking about your own faith. I'm inspired to hear from you. Thanks so much for calling today, Mary. 1-800-316-316 if you'd like to be part of our conversation. 1-800-316-316. It's an interesting, uh, when you get into uh, the controversial topic uh, for some, uh, when we uh, discuss this issue of uh, communion, uh, because uh, sometimes people uh, have a, a big wedge that they drive between how evangelicals have communion and how uh, perhaps Orthodox or Catholics have communion. And uh, I know there perhaps there could be a few uh, comments that come through about that. But but interesting when you say that really there is a certain sense in which we do what Jesus said to do, to remember him when we have communion. We can get hung up on some of these differences, and perhaps that can be an unhealthy thing. Quite so, yes, yeah. One eight hundred three sixteen three sixteen. Let's uh, before we take any more calls. Let me just ask you about the refugees arriving on the doorstep of Greece, looking for a new life, and uh, not necessarily wanting to stay in Greece, and probably because of the economic crisis that you've been through, but looking for a pathway into Europe. It's a significant challenge. It's a huge challenge. Uh, I mean, even before the 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 latest crisis, we were dealing with hundreds of of refugees pouring in trying to get, as you say, into in, uh, out of Greece, into Germany and Scandinavia and the richer countries. And many of them, when they get to Greece, they're stuck there because they don't have the means or the, the door's not open for them to get into these countries. And it, But it's also given us a significant opportunity to reach people that are coming from Islamic countries, from Afghanistan, from Iran, Iraq, Syria, uh, to present them with the gospel. And many of them already are disillusioned with what Islam has to offer. They're disillusioned when they see what ISIS is doing. And so they're already open to hearing a message of of hope and faith that we can give them. It's interesting, you know, Nico, because when we look at the news headlines and we see global crises that unfold left, right and centre, Uh, I'm always interested in the way that Christian leaders think about crisis because Christian leaders don't always shake in their boots at a crisis. Oftentimes they they steel themselves and say this is opportunity. Is this what you're talking about? Absolutely. I mean, you know, if for example, if if we're to try to send missionaries into these Islamic countries, they would never have any opportunity to preach the gospel. They'd get their heads chopped off. So God is bringing them into Greece, even if it's just for a short season. And actually, we are finding it every week. Um, even even before this crisis started up, we were finding Muslims turning to Jesus through through this mission. So there is evidence of a tremendous opportunity there in evangelizing these Muslims coming out of Syria, looking for a new life. Right. And they're meeting Christian believers, either on the shores or as they're filtering through the systems, and they're actually discovering the gospel of Jesus as an alternative to what they've ever known. Correct, because we find that you know, outside, outside of our refugee center, these people have been kicked around by the Greek people. The Greeks don't want them. They've got enough problems of their own. And then they come to our refugee center, and we help them with food, with clothing, with medical help, with legal aid, whatever we can do to help them. And this really opens them up to the gospel. 
And that's why there's a mission field in Greece right now for the Greek people, but also for these refugees that are arriving on the doorstep. Right. It's, it's, a, it's a wonderful door of opportunity, something that, that hasn't happened. I mean, it's only like in the last 150 years ago, that, 150 years that the evangelical gospel has become uh, very evident in, in Greece. Before, it's all been part of a sort of more traditional style of religion. Um, and and just basically, I suppose, in the last 20 years, there's been a, an increased emphasis on getting the gospel out as we understand it, being born again and finding true faith and true relationship with Jesus. Well, 1-800-316-316, if you'd like to be part of our conversation today. Nico Bugas is our guest from Hellenic Ministries. Let's hear from Arthur in Kingaroy in Queensland. Hello, Arthur. Welcome along to 2020. What are your thoughts? Arthur, yes. I was brought up in the Christian Brothers, and I always thought, or we were taught, that communion was... um, Christ was re-sacrificed every time we undertook communion, and yet it was called the Lord's Supper. So I'm sort of trying to work out, do we actually sacrifice Christ each time, or are we actually just celebrating his um, death and resurrection through the communion? Arthur, I think this is probably going to be a topic that we might be able to cover in a whole hours program one day. Uh, And uh, and but you know what, this is a major controversy. And of course, uh, for anyone who knows anything about church history dating back to the Reformation, uh, you'll know that there have been all sorts of uh, different uh, perspectives to bring with regard to what's the real communion. Uh, Is this transubstantiation of the host? Uh, Is this just a memorial? And uh, perhaps we won't get into that uh, that whole discussion today, although it is a relevant discussion to have. Uh, and uh, and we did uh, address that just uh, briefly a short while ago, but we might need to save that one for another day. But Arthur, appreciate your calling in and uh, and and being part of the conversation today. Yeah, no, it's just nice to listen to you, and it's nice to touch base. And Arthur, uh, keep listening because on another day we will tackle that uh, because it is a it is a hot potato topic and uh, people get very confused by it. Oh, and of course, uh, different people coming from different uh, denominations, they have yeah. their, they're very strong on what they believe about that. And it would be good yeah. to have a, a whole program to devote to it. Arthur, yeah. thanks so much for being part of our conversation today on Twenty Twenty. Let's hear from Pete in Melbourne, in Victoria. Hello, Pete. Welcome along to Twenty Twenty. Thank you for the opportunity, Pete. What are your thoughts? Oh, just quickly, my uh, my dad came from Greece, and um, he was uh, planning on having a, a better, more stable um, financial life here. For he came for a better life, but um, instead he found Jesus and he uh, received Christ as his personal Savior and Lord. And this is how we raised um, me and my siblings. My family um, grew up with the gospel being preached and uh, we soon quickly saw the difference between uh, having religiosity in the, uh, and, and uh, compared to what my dad was teaching us from the word of God, um, relatives being still in the Greek Orthodox uh, tradition um, and seeing that contrast, um, there's a, a vast difference um, to the Greek Orthodox um, teaching um, in terms of not having a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. They certainly do have the Word of God, but unfortunately they're not obeying um, the Scriptures according as what Jesus said. Jesus um, says in the Gospel that um, my sheep hear my voice and they will follow me and they will not follow anyone else. So um, my dad's been a beacon in my family 
in, in preaching the message of hope. And, uh, you know, as kids, we, we were naughty and we weren't uh, receptive, but certainly as we became adults, um, the, that message was uh, certainly a lot of hope in my personal life and experience. And I'm just so thankful that my dad did persevere um, in preaching the gospel and um, that God have uh, mercy on us as well. And, uh, uh, you know, experiencing the grace of God in our lives it has been really amazing. Mm, Pete, and of course, a large Greek population in Melbourne. And uh, I guess you're part of uh, the wider Greek community. Uh, let's hear from Nico on those things that you were sharing. I think uh, some great points in there. Well, it, it's wonderful to hear about your dad and finding a, a personal relationship with Jesus. I mean, as far as the, the, the Christian faith is concerned, this is what it's all about. I mean, if all we find is a religion, an empty, dead, ritualistic uh, religion, then we've, we've missed the whole point. Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and that you might, that you might have it more abundantly. And that's what we, we want to offer people, something that's, that's more than just the ordinary. We want to offer people real life and real contact with the living God. This is 2020 with Neil Johnson, helping you make sense of life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. Good to have you with us this hour, Nico Bugas, our guest from Hellenic Ministries, and we're talking about the nation of Greece. Nico, we've been talking about the crises. Uh, we're talking about the differences in the religious uh, status of Greece, the Greek Orthodox Church and uh, the much smaller Evangelical Church. Uh, the way that in Greece you've got people who have a, a veil of mechanical ritual that often characterizes who they are as people who are a part of a church denomination but don't necessarily have the the depth and the richness of that relationship that we can have in Christ. Sometimes we talk about that uh, that experience that people have of being born again. It's it's like sometimes that comes in crisis too as people would have been experiencing. But I suspect you'd like to talk about how people in Australia can help to make a difference in the lives of people who are Greek in Greece and also those refugees who are on the doorstep of Europe and finding their way into Greece. So if I was asking you, what can people in Australia do to make a difference in Greece? What's your thoughts? Well, there's certainly a lot they can do. Um, basically, I think we're, we're looking for three groups of people. We're looking for people that will pray for the work, Um the Bible says, unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain that build it. So we can do all sorts of activity there, but if God isn't in it, it's just a waste of time. So we're asking people all over the world to join us in prayer. Uh, we send out a, a monthly prayer letter just to tell people what they can pray about. And if you go onto our website, you can uh, sign up for that, that monthly prayer letter. Uh, prayers, we secondly need, we need payers. Obviously, there's very little money available in Greece. It's very expensive to try and help with the refugees, to help with the, with the Bible distribution that we do. Um, and it will be wonderful if we can get support from all over the world to help. And you can go onto the website as well and, and see how you can contribute in this way. Prayers, payers, and thirdly, we need players. We need people to 
come out of the grandstand. As uh, Tom Landry, the American football coach, said, I define football as 22 people on the field who need rest and 60,000 people in the stand who need exercise. We want to get people out of the grandstand onto the field of play and to get involved with us. And people can come and help us in the with this refugee work. We're trying to get people that will come and there's all sorts of things they can do in Greece. Come for a short term, come for a couple of weeks, come for a couple of months, come for a year, whatever. We can use you, whatever your talent is, whatever you can help us with. And also every year in July we have a week long of Bible distribution where we get about 300 volunteers from around the world who come and help us hand out Bibles. You don't have to speak Greek. You don't have to have any special qualifications. All you do is come and unite with other like-minded people and get the Word of God out to people. That's called Operation Joshua, and you can get details on that on our website as well. You know, Nico, I think of uh, Greece, and like many of our listeners, you might be thinking that what a great holiday destination, and and perhaps people have been scared off by some of the economic hardship that Greece has gone through, maybe even scared off now because uh, there are a bunch of refugees arriving there. But if you don't think of Greece only as a holiday destination, but as a place to go for a short-term mission experience, this is perhaps the way to spend your next holiday. Absolutely. And it will be wonderful to get some people from Australia to come uh, come and contribute and do something for the, for the nation of Greece. Uh, let me just bring you back to the idea of prayer for Greece. Uh, this weekend, there's another election. I mentioned it's the third election in just eight months. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk about some of the, uh, the serious things that perhaps people here in Australia could be in prayer for because... It's an election that will uh, affect the the way the life of each uh, of every person who's uh, of every Greek person uh, in Greece is going to be uh, lived in these coming times. Uh, what are your thoughts on this weekend's election? It's it's a very a, a crucial time because uh, you know there are, there are people that are are opposed to all these austerity measures and um, there are people that that don't have an answer. And um, even the the government there are promising them this, and the different political parties are making all sorts of promises. But really, they they've got to get back to a situation where where the the country can grow economically. Otherwise, they're never going to be able to repay all their debts. So it's important that people get back to to um, Productivity and also where they get back to where they where they're actually paying their taxes and not trying to do all this ta- tax evasion that's going on there and the and the government we need leadership there not just uh, political people playing political games to try and get votes and the country is broke uh, I imagine the church is broke because if the people are broke they're not going to be supporting in the way that they might do if they were prospering. Well, actually, the church is the richest institution in in Greece. (laughs) Okay, all right. And the taxpayers actually supporting the church in Greece. Right, okay. All right, so uh, so so far as, and I guess you're talking about Greek Orthodox Church being so so wealthy. Um, uh, In your own uh, Hellenic ministries, uh, which is the... Uh, the largest, the most major evangelical ministry in Greece. Uh, how do you fare financially? I mean, uh, is this an area you, you said you want uh, prayers and then payers? Uh, I, I guess that there's a there's a need there. Uh, there's, a, there's a huge need. We've got 
we've got uh, our workers there have very little way of earning any any income and uh, so certainly we'd like to get more support for our for our local workers and and also to su- subsidize all the things we're doing we're reaching out to the the refugees we have a yacht that travels to to the the different islands um we have um radio programs and and tv programs we and we have a, a home, a, a shelter for for women from abuse situations, and uh, they, there are all sorts of aspects of the work that we, we're trying to get across to people, and they all require money. And you also, uh, to reflect back on uh, just a short while ago, the idea that there needs to be some sort of reformation in the broader bigger church in Greece. Uh, is there anyone on the horizon who looks like they might come to the fore and uh, and turn the hearts of the people towards God? Well, that would be a wonderful, and I think that's what we'd really like to pray for, a man that will come and stir up a great reformation within the church so it'll become more than just, just a, a ritualistic, legalistic uh, thing, that, that um, but something where where people can be introduced to a real personal relationship with Jesus, where where Christianity is more than just a, a vague religious thing, but something that becomes personal and affects the lives of everybody. And as I give the website address, uh, the website www.hellenicministries.org. Now, that's not an Australian website. There is some Australian connections, but as people go onto that website, uh, they'll be able to make contact with you and uh, they'll be able to see there how they could become involved in some short-term mission? Correct. Okay, so that website is... Hellenic Ministries. It's www.hellenicministries.org. Our special guest this hour is Nico Bugas. He's from Hellenic Ministries. So uh, do a little search there. When you get on the site, you'll find Nico's name and perhaps the opportunity there to send him an email, make contact and uh, tell him you heard him on Vision Radio here in Australia. Uh, Nico Bugas, Hellenic Ministries. That's hellenicministries.org. Uh, Nico, just great hearing your insights today. Thanks so much for being with us on 2020. It's been a great joy. Thank you. Like what you've just heard? There's more great podcasts. Or you can listen to us live at vision.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener supported. Your donation of any amount will help us continue connecting faith to life. Learn more or donate today at vision.org.au.